here at Trinity United Church in Summerside. Junior Church starts again next Sunday. Come to church with your loved ones and gather for a time of sharing, learning, and fellowship. There's a correction in the bulletin regarding the grief, grief group. That's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> the meeting has been is supposed to be as March. No, try again. May 7th, not May 14th, as noted in the bulletin. For all other information on the life and work of Trinity, a copy of the bulletin can be found on Trinity's website, trinitysummerside.ca, or available by contacting the church office. I now call upon Carolyn McKillop, our Chair of Ministry and Personnel, for an update. Good morning. I'd like to give an update on the status of the office and the job description that I had said would be advertised this week. As you know, this coming Friday, May 5th, will be Wendy's last day in the office. And in the interim, Nancy Small offered to come into the office and shadow Wendy as they work together through finances and office procedures. We were saddened this week that Bruce Small, Keith's father, had passed away. And of course, being in the office this week was out of the question for Nancy, and we once again extend our concern and care to the small family. Beginning tomorrow, Nancy and Wendy will be working through office procedure, and the office remains open on regular office hours. The Ministry and Personnel Committee will be meeting this evening to complete the job description, and we'll have it ready for posting later this week. I'd also like to report that Reverend Bob Lockhart and I had a conversation on Wednesday, April 19th, and again, and I'd like to stress that word again, Reverend Bob has expressed his intent to retire. He and Sally would like to travel and spend more time with their family. Having Reverend Bob as Minister of Visitation during the tumultuous COVID years has been invaluable. He will be with us through the summer. His last day at Trinity will be August 31st, 2023. Again, the Ministry and Personnel Committee has this item under consideration and has begun the conversation as to next steps, procedure, and advertising. The Church Council was informed of these updates at the monthly meeting held this past Thursday, April 27th. Thank you. We acknowledge that the land upon which we gather is unceded Mi'kmaq territory. Epiquit, Prince Edward Island, is covered by the historic treaties of peace and friendship. We pay our respects to the indigenous Mi'kmaq people who have occupied this island for over 12,000 years, past, present, and future. Good morning and welcome. I'm the Reverend Rachel Campbell and I'm the minister here at Trinity United Church. And as you know, I'd like to offer celebrations for folks. And just to let you know, one of the things that we talked about as a staff is to show appreciation for people who have spent time with us, have really not only promoted the ministry of this church, but 
was the ministry of this church in so many different ways. So just to give you a little bit of an update, uh, in our May 28th service, we're going to recognize Troy, and the, the, the staff and I have some plans for Troy, and he's smiling back there, and we're going to have a little bit of fun with him at the May 28th service. Um, in June, I was talking with Wendy, and we are doing something similar for Wendy. We're going to have a little bit of fun to just pause and to celebrate her ministry with us all the years that she's been with us. And then in August, Bob, we're going to take some time in August and we are going to lift up and celebrate your retirement, retirement, retirement. Um, this better be your last retirement because I know where you live. And, um, and Sally and I, I'm sure, would be on both sides of you arguing with you pretty, pretty sternly. We also want to lift up birth and birthdays. And today, we do have a birthday girl in our sanctuary. Today is Anne's birthday. Anne, if you want to just wave or stand up or let us know that you're here. She's not going to stand up. She says, I'm not much like Ernest. But anyway, she is Anne. And Anne is just the way Anne is. So let's wish her a happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. For all those celebrating birthdays, celebrating milestones, celebrating anniversaries, we're here journeying with you. And we know that this has also been a difficult week for so many as they've had to say, see you later to people. And we let you know that we are with you and you've been in our thoughts and prayers and we've been present for you. That's what we do as a faith community. We're there in the struggles, we're there in the joy, and we are present. Let us prepare ourselves for worship. Today we light our Christ candle as a sign and a symbol of Christ's presence with us.
please join me in the call to worship. The days are getting longer, and the newness of the changing of seasons is in our midst. The light of warmth offers new life and new expectations. The love of our Creator surrounds us, and it is our call to worship. One of the things that uh, we offer as time when we come together to worship within our nursing home services is familiar scriptures. And I cannot think of one more familiar than the 23rd Psalm, King James Version, as they'll remind me of when I come into the nursing home. It needs to be the King James Version, Reverend Rachel. So let us share in that wonderful, traditional, but also one that does touch our hearts in the bless you in the gathering prayer the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. 
In uh, last year, 2022, I had given all the children as part of junior church one of these seeds. Now, I didn't tell them what they were going to be planting. I just told them to take them back to junior church. I'd take them back into home and put them and plant them and water them. And Hannah did that with them in part of junior church class. And then it started to grow. Now, for those who like to plant seeds, I didn't tell them what they were growing. What do you think sprouted from these seeds? Tulips. Oh, those are bulbs. Tulips. What yeah. else? Beans? Tomatoes? Grass? Okay. Well, what ended up sprouting? I'm going to tell you a story. So I was talking to a couple of little girls that decided theirs was doing really well. And it was growing, 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 and they could start to, to look at it. And they just before, just before it started to, to sprout the fruit, the vegetable, as it started to, to show, they had um, guests over. And their guests had, uh, they were babysitting a dog. And the dog decided to eat their homework. Oh, I know! Legitimately ate their homework. And so, but they got to the point, both girls told me they really felt that it was a bean plant. And that, it, you're, you're, Henry's going, yep, that's what it is. So yeah, it's a bean plant. And what happened, do you think it is? Let's see, Stephen, are we right? Ah, so beans. So next thing we have to think about is, I think those are pea pods. Those are not beans. Stephen! <laughs> but they grew the beans. Are they beans? Okay, good. Okay. Because I'm looking at that going, if I open those up, there better not be peas in there. Those are beans. Okay, green beans. But it tells us that sometimes things are unseen. We can plant something. And it, we have to nourish it and let it grow. We have to watch it even when we have guests over that might eat the plant. We have to watch and nourish and let it grow. And then maybe we can share in the bean or the peas or the carrots or anything else that comes from the fruits of our labor. Today we're going to be talking about a gate. That gate into what Jesus calls into the flock. When we come as we are, when the, maybe the first time coming into the sanctuary, and we come as we are, we come to the gate, the door is open, and it's our choice to come in. How will we nourish ourselves? How will we flourish? What blossom will be produced? And what will be the fruits of our labor? All glorious gods. Amen.
The uh, first scripture uh, lesson this morning is taken from uh, Acts of the Apostles. Uh, it comes after the resurrection. Uh, Jesus has planted the seed uh, of the kingdom of God amongst the disciples and uh, the apostles, and uh, we see it uh, growing. And this is how uh, Luke, uh, the author of Acts, uh, describes the early life in the community. He writes, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer, the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as they had any need. Day by day, they spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread at home, and they ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. The second passage uh, is often referred to as uh, Jesus the Good Shepherd. It comes from John's Gospel, the 10th chapter. Uh, but uh, it's interesting that uh, the, the passage that we're reading this morning really talks about uh, the gate. Uh, and so John writes, very truly, quoting Jesus, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the shepherds hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of the stranger. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep and all who come before me are thieves and bandits. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come and go in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. May God's blessing be added to these readings from God's own holy word. Write them on our hearts so that we might live by them. Amen.
seated. And please join me in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, dear God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I will be honest. I don't know a lot about sheep. I really don't. My parents used to raise sheep, but decided to get out of the sheep business before I arrived. I remember being envious of the memories shared by my older siblings of little lambs being born in the barn during the spring season. But that was about all my knowledge of sheep. That's it. Those lovely stories, those memories. I do know a thing or two about cows, though. Cows, I have a better handle on. One of the important things that I know about cows, thanks to my dad, is that when cows are at a site and you want them to come where you are at, they will come to their cattle call. Their cattle call. Do you know what a cattle call is? Let's be honest. Do you know what a cattle call is? Okay, some do, some don't. Well, it's a call from the farmer to their cows, and their cows know it. They know the farmer's voice, and they know that call. They don't have to lay eyes on the farmer. They just hear the call, and they come running. Well, not really run. Cows don't really run if they don't have to. But they come. My father's cattle call was, are you ready for this? Copetti, 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 copetti. Don't ask me to do it again. All my dad had to do was just go outside of the barn, just outside the barn, and call the cattle call as loudly as he could in the direction of the back field. And sure enough, eventually, the cows would come to the barn towards my father's voice. Success. Now here's another thing I know about cows. They are not as responsive to their call, their cattle call, if it is voiced by another, anyone other than the farmer. They're not as responsive. They're like, wait a second, that's not Wilford. Believe me, I've tried. I have called Copetti, 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 and nothing. They might look up, maybe. However, over time, as Dad would share the call with me, one time he would say it, and then the next time I would say it, the cows would eventually make their way to our voices, and finally, my voice only. It took time. It took trust. It took a lot of time and a lot of trust, but it worked. They would respond and come to me when I called them, the same way they came to Dad when he called them. In today's scripture reading, I would argue that these texts are about trust and about building trust and how it takes time to build trust, to believe that when you respond to something, a sound that is familiar, that you will find familiar truths. You will find what you have known to expect. Our cows didn't come to dad thinking he was fooling them. 
thinking he was tricking them. They knew that they would come and they would be fed. They would be sheltered. They knew what to expect from their good farmer. It took time for them to trust me, to know that I too would treat them in the same manner as my dad did that I would lead them to truth and to offer them what they had come to know and expect. And it reminds me of a quote attributed to the theologian Martin Luther. Pray and let God worry. Pray and let God worry. This text is full of great trust. And we know that great trust is not always easy. In the book of Acts, the apostles had to show the people that they could be trusted, that they were teaching and showing them, what they were teaching and showing them was reflective of the teachings of Jesus. The people needed to know, they needed to know that, and they needed to trust that. The apostles knew this would take time, and it did. It it takes time. And as the scripture states, day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. Day by day. Not overnight. Not a fast process. However, as Reverend Bob shared, Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. People began to trust the apostles because of the many things that they were presenting to them. Signs that were reflective of Jesus, who he was and who he is and continues to be for us today. And as I read over the first text shared today, I kept thinking about Jesus telling his disciples, they will know you by your love. They will know you by your love. The exact wording in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 35 is, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That text, that text has always profoundly resonated with me. It is something that steers me in a direction of trust. And when that trust is sometimes broken... That's the realities of this world by times. When this happens, it again takes time for me to respond, even if that call. The words are familiar, but the voice and the actions upon my answering are not what I expected. Trust broken. To come to the barn expecting to be fed and cared for, but instead I'm left outside in the rain, cold, and hungry. Same call, same words, different voice. Jesus warns of this in the gospel lesson today. Here we have Jesus sharing with the disciples the idea of trust and to be aware that some will try to sneak into the fold, not through the gate. They won't identify themselves at the gate of their intent. Instead, they will sneak in and begin to wreak havoc in one way or another. 
Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and abandoned. We need to be aware in this time and in this place who and what are the thieves and the bandits. Not only out there, but in here. And in here. Are we getting distracted from what the true meaning of being Christian is for us? Have we lost our way from the mission and the values of this church? The ones that we proudly put up on the wall of the sanctuary? Are we losing sight of hope, peace, joy, and love, the very pillars of our faith? If we lose sight of these things, do we risk creating idols in a variety of ways only to become desensitized with the needs of the people, the faith community who create and foster and represent the love of Jesus within this place? Where is our focus? And if our focus is not on truth, if it's not on the mission and values of this ministry, then what or who is robbing us right before our eyes? My mom always shared this saying with me as a motherly warning. Rachel, watch out for those people that are so slick they could steal the eyes out of your head and come back for the sockets. Now that's pretty slick. The gospel lesson is warning us of these types of thieves and bandits today, but also tell us that the sheep knew better and did not listen to the falsehood, did not respond to the promise of the false call, did not listen to the one who snuck in and tried to lead them astray, even if they looked and sounded like the good shepherd. They were not to be fooled. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and who will come in and go out and find pasture. The thieves come only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. With Jesus, there will be nourishment. We will find pasture. The thief, the ones focused on things that distract us from our faith and how we come to God, represents a way of stealing, to kill, to destroy, to separate, not life-giving. They try and take control. They try to promote scarcity, to distract us from the teachings of truth, and the Good Shepherd offers that truth, the Good Shepherd that offers life abundant. We lack nothing. So here we are, still in this Eastertide season, and we're looking at scriptures about truth and trust. Why? From the women proclaiming the resurrection to the double-checking of Thomas to find truth literally firsthand. He had to feel it. He had to see it. To the Emmaus journeys that ends in Revelation. Now, today, what to expect 
when we are called by a familiar call, familiar words, however, from new voices. In my opinion, this time in our liturgical year is scary. It's supposed to be scary. No wonder we want to stay stuck in the high of Easter Sunday and jump then forward to the wonderful warmth of Pentecost. Today we are asked to move forward in trust, but to be discerning, to not lose focus, to be true to the teachings of Jesus and live them out as Jesus wants us to live them out. And that's not always easy. It shouldn't be easy. Today, once again, Jesus is present to us just in ways that maybe we are more familiar with. He comes to us through the apostles. He comes to us through the teachings that we are to live out. It sounds very familiar. He comes to us and calls us. He's getting us ready. He's getting us ready. As William Barclay states, Jesus, come, Jesus coming is the final and the unanswerable proof that God cares. God cares. God is getting us ready. God is making sure that we have a place to respond. Will you respond? All glorious gods. Amen. Somewhere the sun is shining, somewhere the songbirds sing, hushed in the sad repining, God lives and all is well. Somewhere, somewhere, beautiful love song. Somewhere the heart is stronger, somewhere the price is won.
Good morning. In areas where historically <clears throat> there has been little rain, now there are floods. And where there were floods, now there are droughts. That's how Shadrach Chembre, the monitoring and evaluation manager at Women for Change, an organization in Zambia that strives to improve conditions in rural communities by empowering the women and girls. That's how he describes the changing climate in Zambia where women are wearing the brunt. In Zambia, women are still responsible for collecting firewood and charcoal and making food. Now, because of climate change, they have to walk a longer distance to find that firewood. Charcoal is harder to get. That means it's harder to make food. At the same time, women aren't involved in the decision-making processes that impact this work, exclaims Chembe. Women for Change was established in Zambia in 1992, and its long-standing partnership with the United Church stretches back to 1995. From the beginning, mobilizing communities to share ideas and best practices has been key to its work. Since its inception, 1,500 community groups have been established with 25 to 40 people in each group and representatives from each forming association. The groups discuss, discuss a variety of justice-related topics, building climate resiliency by preparing for, recovering from, and adapting to drastically changing weather patterns is a priority. Weather extremes due to climate change coupled with companies promoting seeds that only produce a single crop increasingly are putting these people at risk. The majority of farmers are poor. They can't buy seeds, but companies have created seeds that force farmers to have to purchase them every year. This is Chembe's concern. Groups discuss how they can save and share seeds, what they can plant with longer or shorter rains, and if there are traditional methods that can increase food production for them. And he adds, we are grateful for the United Church's support. The church has really been there for many years, helping us build awareness and resiliency. It's been a real partnership. This is part one of a two-part minute for mission on this uh, Women for Change in Zambia. I'll have more details next week with uh, closer connection, local connections to it. But in the meantime, your gifts to mission and service support long-term, life-changing work through committed partners like Women for Change. We thank you for your support. Thank you, Sharon. Each week we are told how minutes, minutes for mission, through minutes for mission, how the ministry and the offering of the church not only help within the congregation, but out into the world in many different ways. And Sharon offers us just a glimpse, that glimpse into how those offerings make a difference. I remember a long time ago when I first started in ministry, I guess not as long as some people, but longer, longer than now, um, people would call it the collection. 
And I remember thinking, I don't like the term collection because collection makes it seem like you gotta give, collect, right? But an offering is something that we offer, that we give freely. And we at this church love to be able to pause and even though we do not, the offering plates are not uh, sent around as they once were, we like to be able to pause and to make note of your offering, of time, of talent, and of your resources. Please join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we bring our gifts. Bless them and us. We pray that the gifts that we receive here today, the offering received, is to make betterment in your world. That through these gifts, love is revealed. That in our recognized call, nourishment is offered and healing is initiated. In the name of Jesus, we pray all things. Amen. Wise and generous God, shepherd of our lives, we come to you through the gateway of prayer, the gateway of Jesus, trusting that your love has the power to defeat evil in the world, to defeat the sin that is within us. Jesus shows us that your love defeats even the power of death and that you walk with us through the darkest valleys 
So we need never to be afraid that you desire for the world peace, that you created us in your image to be of service, to make a difference, and that the breath of your Holy Spirit gives us the power to face every challenge. With glad and joyful hearts, we worship you in the name of our risen Lord, Jesus. We come to you, we open ourselves to you, seeking strength and courage to face whatever each day holds for us so that our lives will bring you honor and glory now and always. Gracious and loving God, we bring to you our prayers for others, for friends, for enemies, for our neighbors and strangers alike. During this mental week of mental health, we pray for people who are struggling with mental illness, those who are lonely, those who are stricken with grief, those who struggle with depression, those who do not know the joy of life, the abundant life that you desire for us. And so we ask that you would walk with those in need through these dark days and steep valleys. We pray for the fishers who set out this week to harvest food from the sea. We pray for the farmers who are preparing the land for seeds to bear crops to feed a hungry world. May they safely fulfill the calling that you have given to them. And may they hear your voice as they carry out their responsibilities. We pray for those who face discrimination in our world, whether it be by word or acts of hatred. May they know that you stand with them and that you would soften the hearts of those who are motivated by hate. May your Holy Spirit descend upon us. May it descend and transform our world so that we are able to see every other person as a bearer of your image. And when any one of us departs from the pathway of walking humbly with you and with each other, when any one of us fails to treat others with respect, with kindness, with justice, we pray, O oh God, that you would correct us, that you would guide us and lead us in the way of Jesus, who is the way of life, who is the way of truth, who is the way of wisdom, who is the way of generosity and sacrificial love. We offer these our prayers, O oh God, and our unspoken concern to you. In the name of the risen Christ, your anointed one. Amen.
want to thank you all for attending in person, those who are watching on live stream as well as listening on the podcast. Today, as you leave this place, I commission you all to be alert, to stand firm in the faith, to be valiant and strong, but let all that you do be done out of love. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen and hallelujah.